Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is April 14, 2016, and we are reading from the big book. We are on page 53, the first full paragraph. Today's re- readers are Lydia S. on the 12 Steps, Charlie G. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Dion R., Anita J., and Sally A. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lydia S. to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning, Kathy. Thank you for taking the meeting. Good morning, everyone. It's Lydia S. in Texas, Compulsive Eater in Recovery. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous 1, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked God to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and, when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood God, praying only for knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. The pleasure to do service. Thanks. I'll pass. Thank you, Lydia S. And Charlie G., would you read the 12 traditions for us? Uh, good morning, Kathy. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, friends. I'm a compulsive overeater named Charlie from Alberta, Canada. The 12 Traditions of OA. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. 
Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in manners affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all, all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve. Thank you, Charlie. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 53, the first full paragraph, which begins, logic is great stuff. We will read two paragraphs and share on the second paragraph. And I have asked uh, Dion R. to get us started. Good morning, Kathy. Hi, my name is Dion R. Recovery, compulsive overeating. I'm very grateful. Logic is great stuff. We liked it. We still like it. It is not by chance we were given the power to reason, to examine the evidence of our senses, and to draw conclusions. That is one of man's magnificent attributes. We agnostically inclined would not feel satisfied with a proposal which does not lend itself to reasonable approach and interpretation. Hence, we are at pains to tell why we think our present faith is reasonable, why we think it more sane and logical to believe than not to believe, why we say our former thinking was soft and mushy uh, when we threw up our hands in doubt and said, 
and said, we don't know. We became alcoholics, crushed by a self-imposed crisis we could not postpone or evade. We had to fearlessly face the proposition that either God is everything or else he is nothing. God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? Uh, as I said, um, well, this, what I get from this uh, paragraph is uh, surrender, total surrender. Um, uh, I've made a decision. And when I made a decision after being trying to do it my way and being crushed by my own self-will and, and um, found out and realized it was nobody but me <laughs> at fault. So uh, when I fearlessly faced that, I was no longer uh, I was no longer willing to do myself my will, and when I fearlessly fearlessly faced it, I was willing to do whatever. I'll say, okay, I give. A long time ago, this is say say uncle. I I cry uncle, and uh, and and I was willing to do uh, the the God of my present understanding versus the 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 God of what I thought was my understanding. So, and that opened the door for me. I mean, just to be able to say, hey, I, I, I give. Uh, God, I do not know my way. Uh, I don't know what's best for me. I don't know what's best for anyone else. So I had to surrender to the program. And, and the program, to me, is the vehicle for me to get closer to the God of my understanding. And um, I haven't regretted this choice yet. And um, I don't know. I'm just grateful that I did surrender and I see now it had to take me to be crushed to get do, all my logic everything went out the window I like as I said before I used to feel like well if I don't believe it or if, or if I can't see it then um then it didn't happen and many people in the program showed me and told me over and over but it wasn't until I finally stopped trying to do it my way and um and over this anonymous, I've tried all the shortcuts and none of them worked. And after 20 years, <laughs> I surrendered. I surrendered in um, 2012 and haven't regretted yet. I have not regretted. And that's a gift. And, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you, Dion R. Who would like to share on the second paragraph, Red? Rachel, Rachel W. Okay, her name Tina is Esther R. Rachel W. Mary S. Um, okay. Oh, Elaine B. Mary K. Okay, I heard Elaine B. Mary K. And I missed a few in there. So let me tell you. Nessa R. Rachel W. Tina S. Elaine B. Mary K. Who did I miss? Santa O. Santa O. Carol G. Oh, right. Okay, Carol G. Thank you. Okay, let's start with these. We have Nessa R., Rachel W., Tina S., Santa O., Elaine G., Mary K., and Carol G. Uh, and I'll get the rest of you next time around. Nessa R., please get us started. Good morning, a vision for you. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, so happy to be live this morning because uh, we also read this uh, same paragraph at my face-to-face -face meeting 
um, here in Toronto last night. And um, I love this um, concept of either God is everything or else he is nothing. And um, I've kind of adapted it for my own use um, as either God is everything or the food is everything. Because as I go through my life, I always have two alternative solutions available to me. Uh, one is, of course, the food, and the other one is God. Uh, and, of course, I've used the food for decades and decades and decades, extremely unsuccessfully. Um, you know, I, um, my, my own logic and my own reasoning got me to do things that are beyond logic and beyond reasoning to, uh, to, uh, to most normal um, eaters. Um, and they got me to um, weigh almost 200, 200 pounds on a five-foot-one frame, and I was crazy, miserable, and insane, making everybody else around me crazy, miserable, and insane. Um, so, so much for my own logic. And <clears throat> at the same time, you know, wondering how come there are other selfish and self-centered people out there who neither have to overeat to cope with life, nor to rely on God for that matter. Like, where's the logic in that? Like, how do these people get by? But the truth is that the God idea transcends logic. <clears throat> you know, it's not only that I don't have to understand it, it's that I cannot understand it. God is, is transcendent to all God because, you know, he is everything. And, you know, what I've learned in program and, uh, what step two teaches me is that I have two gods, you know, the God of food and my higher power, God, who will restore me to sanity. And in step two, I have to make a decision which master to serve. You know, is God going to be everything or is the food going to be everything? You know, and this concept is repeated many times. I know it's at the bottom of page 25 and page 44 in many different um uh, uh, ways to, to express the same idea. You know, it's either God or it's the food. I can only serve one master, and so I have to make a choice. If I choose God, then I have to go on with the rest of the steps, uh, working them to the best of my ability to unblock myself from that power so he can exert his, his uh, influence in my life and solve my problems. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Nessa R. I just want to gently remind everyone to stay muted until it is your turn to share. And Rachel W., you're next. Good morning, and thank you so much for your service. This is Rachel W., Recover Compulsive Overeater, calling from New York. Um, good morning, everyone. Um, this sentence here, God is, either, he either is or he isn't. Um, I've, I've pocketed that in my mind and I've pulled it out more than a few times, you know, just in different situations, like either God is or he isn't. And, um, you know, the, the idea that, um, I can use my instincts for, for my own, you know, logic and purposes, or I can align them into these steps and, and come out with a logic that actually could work. And here it's, it's, that's what this is doing. It's telling me that, you know, use, use logic. I can't have more than one higher power, you know, um, with me, I, I know that, you know, when I first came in the program, 
Um, I didn't know any better. I was just binging. I had no clue about this disease. Um, and later on in relapse, um, I think the hell of relapse is trying to use the logic to get out of it, you know, and, and waking up every day and knowing how illogical it was that I knew how to be abstinent, and yet I couldn't. It was like every day I was just waking up, committing to abstinence, and failing miserably, you know, and and trying to, and saying, like, I have all these answers. Why isn't this working? And I had to come to realize that, um, you know, I was looking backwards. I was always trying to have the program I had in the past, and what was needed was an entirely new relationship with my higher power, an entirely new way of living. Um, I had to take an honest look at my life and say, you know, how many higher powers am I serving over here? You know, this is, this is not what, what we're, we're supposed to do. This is not how it's going to work. Um, and, you know, I had a situation yesterday with my son. Um, I noticed that he's put on some weight, you know, he's put on some weight and I took, I took him for a suit and I, I just was having a hard time with that. I've, I, I was looking at, you know, the, the idea, you know, just the, the fact that, that he's struggling is like, like I did, you know, um, and it's, it's hard to see. It's hard to watch. But um, in the end, I, I, I told myself there's something missing here. And I realized that I hadn't taken it to God. And, um, you know, we sat down and we talked about, you know, different solutions. And, and I told him how much I cared about him. And just, you know, it, the bottom line is that when I turn myself over to God, I can keep that channel open. And I can do that because of this program. You know, this program shows me who I am, you know, which in black and white. And, and it's not easy. And it's a little bit rough. But this program and leaning into the steps and, and calling you and, and finding out, you know, how other people do it, it's, it's saving my life. And part of that is, you know, how do you turn to God in, in different situations? And um, the idea for me is to keep it as simple as possible and to ask myself, have I invited God into this situation um, and just given it all over to him? So thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Rachel W. Tina S. Please go ahead. Thanks, Kathy Kay, for your service. Tina S., compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Great stuff again. You know, crushed by a self-imposed crisis. You know, it says that we can't delay or go around the proposition anymore. You know, fearlessly face. And, you know, and they were troubles of my own, basically of my own making. And talks about that in the big book, you know. And once I was defeated by my own power, I had to make a choice. God is everything, all, or he's nothing. He's not at all. I had, you know, I had two choices. You know, and today I even have two choices. You know, I can, I, and I hear the statement, you know, when I hear that I have two choices, I, I, I remember, you know, because I forget. You know, I have to be reminded by my sponsor or someone else that says, Tina, God either is everything or he's nothing. Either is or he isn't. You know, what was your, what is your choice? And when I'm reminded, you know, I, I'm brought to a place of trust and relying on you know, infinite God rather than my finite self. And, you know, what a freedom today when I, when I take that stance. And, and, and a peace comes about, you know, finally, you know, there's a peace. And when I, when I quit the fight, you know, when I, when I stop the struggle, um, you know, I have opportunity to believe in a power greater than myself and then to make a decision, you know, and then to do the inventory and then to share it and then to go on with the rest of, rest of the steps. And for me, that is the only answer that I have found, you know, through many trials and errors of my own stuff, you know, the only answer I have found. And, you know, and I also know that this isn't for everybody, but it is for a compulsive eater like me. And and I'm so very grateful. And I'm so very grateful to be on this line. I love this meeting. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. 
Thank you, Tina S. And Santa O, please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. My name is Santa Age, a grateful recovered compulsive overeater for today. And thank you, Kathy Faye, for your service. I also, too, want to comment on that line, God is everything or nothing, or he is nothing. Um, that was a struggle for me. Um, and so, but like this big book says, is, you know, once for me, once I've taken step one, it opened the door for step two. And step two was easy breezy because I had nothing else to turn to. But I had to start small, and I like to call it back then spirituality 101, and I had to go based on the God idea that I knew. And the God idea that I knew, I said, okay, the proverbial um, quote for me was, I can't serve two masters, so I understood that food was my master. And I got that, and so I was ready to turn away from that in order to go forth in the work. But this here line still applies for me today, but it does on a different level because food is not something that I, I, I... I entertain and, and think about and concern myself with today, where, like this program says, is my thinking. So how I use this today, you know, I don't no longer have the he God. Um, I, I see God today as higher power of energy, and that's where I have evolved to. And so I love the word higher power because then I say, okay, well, then there's a lower power because I'm just a logic person. I have to, I have to see things visually. So my higher power is everything or the else is a lower power. And so the choice for me is the free will that I've been given. And um, so this, I like to call it this universal, unchanging law that we can't serve two masters. And so for me, I have a higher power that I can turn to in circumstances in my life today, or I have a lower power that I can turn to in circumstances. And this is not about food for me. It's about my thinking. It's about turning towards the destructive side of my ego or turning towards the God consciousness to, to build the answers for me and my decisions today to go forth. And this is a moment-by-moment, moment, day-by-day thing for me. And so I'm so grateful to be going over this because I was pondering this throughout the night, um, knowing that step two for me is not a one-time deal. I have to keep surrendering every day, over and over again throughout the day. And, and I have this free will to choose who I will serve today, which, which power I'm going to serve today. I'm going to do a higher power or a lower power. And thank you for allowing me to share with that at that. Thank you, Santa H. And Elaine B., please go ahead. Thank you for your service, Kathy. This is Elaine B., recovered in Massachusetts. So crushed by a self-imposed crisis, this makes me think of the um, comment that our problems that we think are of our own making. And so many times as I get into a befuddlement <laughs> um, or a mess, I discover, wow, you know, this really was, this was really my own making. My God-given instincts for food ran amok. And, uh, you know, they got all kinds of distorted and... <laughs> and out of alignment, and they were impacting me and everybody around me, which that impacted me more. Um, so the problem, I think, was of my own making, but I didn't see that. All I could see was everybody else and everything else that was going wrong, and all these things I couldn't accept or change or was powerless over, including food, including my weight. So, um, and I couldn't postpone it or evade it. I, I prayed and prayed, you know, and then I gave up and I gave in and I said, well, I'm just going to be the fat person. <laughs> but 
I wasn't happy there, and I'm so grateful that I came into the rooms of OA to make a change and, and eventually found this process because, um, you know, there is a solution right here, right here. But I had to fearlessly face the proposition that God is either everything or he's nothing. Um, he is or he isn't. You know, I had to fearlessly face, I had a relationship with God, but I had a big block, a big, big block. I could not let go absolutely. I could not utterly abandon myself to this power. I did not believe that God could and would if he were sought because I had tried to seek God to remove my weight. I had to accept a whole lot of other things in order I, before I was able to um, willingly abandon, utterly abandon myself to God and to this process. And so I, I thank God for that place that says, you know, redefine your understanding of God. I needed to broaden my understanding of a power greater than myself and to uh, make room that would take the fears that I had of this, this God that wasn't, <laughs> wasn't answering everything I requested that that God would do for me, including control my weight, control the people around me, control my boss, control, provide everything. <laughs> but, you know, the book promises that if we do yield to this power greater than ourselves, if we can um, become willing to believe, if we can begin to admit that God is everything or God is nothing, then um, to pick up the tools of this kit, we will find an answer to our food problem and we will find an answer to all of our problems. And I have found that day after day, I run into problems of my own making. But if I work these steps, I find a solution every day, all throughout the day, just like promised in step 11. We seek God's help and, and find him there. And I'm so grateful for this process. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Elaine B. And Mary Kay, please go ahead. Uh, good morning. Thank you, Kathy Kay, for your service. This is Mary Kay, grateful, recovered but not cured, uh, compulsive overeater from Western New York. Very short paragraph, but a whole lot in it. And I, I love as we study and, and go back through things that we see things for the first time in a different way. Uh, that first sentence, when we became alcoholics crushed by a self-imposed crisis that we could not postpone or evade, uh, I look at that, that self-imposed crisis, and, and and immediately I think this time, oh my goodness, I spent a career in public education and many of those years working with middle school kids, and there's always a lot of drama when it comes with middle school kids. And over the years, I came to understand that that um, if they lived a life of chaos, that became their norm, and and a life of drama it became their norm. So when things were calm and serene, they actually created their own drama. And I actually coined it the Jerry Springer mentality of middle school kids. And now the mirror's right back in my face at me. Uh, owning now through this process of, of, of uh, working the steps and understanding the, the harm that I was doing to myself and self-imposed crisis because I chose food to be my God instead of God to be my God uh, in so many circumstances. And, the, and, and sometimes it's a little hard to look in the mirror and see yourself, especially... It's, it's ironic for me for the years that I, I could see it 
in in the the children around thee and and try to help them find some peace and serenity and they be comfortable in that in their life and in so many ways I wasn't walking the walk myself because I just didn't see that my crises were self-imposed by my own decisions and choosing food to solve my problem instead of uh, letting God and a spiritual way of life solve my problems. And I'm very, very grateful for the lessons in this program and for the people in the room and 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 excited to know that this is here today and it'll be here tomorrow for me too. And I don't have to do it alone and I keep, can keep on learning. And uh, thank you for the opportunity to do service and I pass. Thank you, Mary Kay. And Carol G., please go ahead. Carol, press star one to unmute. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. Sorry about the delay. It's Carol, compulsive Rita, uh, recovered living in the UK. Um, it sounds like I'm calling in from there right this, just this moment. Anyway, um, back to the reading. Thank you so much for the meeting, and it's a great reading. Step two. Thank goodness for step two. All that doom and gloom and hopelessness in step one, whew, and now we're in step two. So um, I had to look at my life um, without God, on my will, wasn't good. Um, let's look at the record. I hear somebody says that, don't they? Uh, when God's nothing, I'm in the food and I'm separated from myself. I'm separated from you and the great spirit. And and when God's everything, I just seem to have this connection and how can that be? Because before before God became everything for me, I did my best. I showed up. I mean, I ached to be on the happy road of destiny with everybody else. But I always felt like an outcast, even in OA. Um, because even though I was eating tens of thousands of calories each day, it was my spirit. It was dying of malnutrition. And just see if this fits for you. Have you ever been so separated from other people that the touch of somebody's hand actually surprises you or even alarms you? And that's how I felt when I first came to OA. And yet deep inside, it was that, I think, that gave me the desire to keep coming back. The fact that somebody every Saturday was going to hold my hand and say, keep coming back, keep coming back, it works if you work it. And you see, I thought I was alone. And I remember looking into the eyes of other people and thinking, They've experienced freedom. For me, that's priceless. For me, that is God being everything. Something is working in their life, and I want to have that, and I want to choose to have that. And I think what happened to me was I was, I was afraid to recover. I knew how to be sick. Even though it was hurting, I knew how to do hurt. I didn't know how to do joy. I didn't know how to do love, and I didn't know how to do freedom. And I'm kind of like okay, I might commit myself to this, I'll keep my options open, which is, you know, it's me being afraid to just take the plunge, to just dive in, but I couldn't postpone or evade this any longer. The pain was so intense, and holding hands with people wasn't enough. I had to go deeper and deeper within. There had to be something inside of me. I had to take a leap of faith on the inside as well as the outside. Someone was holding my hand the whole way through the process, and that was wonderful, but I had to go inside and I had to take 
the faith of the person. I had to take just a leap of faith that the person who was taking me through the work knew where she was going. She'd been before. She'd read the signs. She knew what it was like on the other side. She was a stranger. I'd never met her before. And yet she gave something of herself so that I could live. It was amazing. I did take a leap of faith. I do have a spiritual connection. I've been guided to it. But it began with me just making that choice. Is this God thing going to be everything or nothing? And that can just start as a practical thing. Just calling out for help. Just reaching out for somebody and holding their hand and being with them. And saying, yes, I'll help you through the doctor's opinion. It's a wonderful... It's. I'm on the happy road to destiny. Thank you, Anna Pan. Thank you, Carol G. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Vasa O. Oh, from Boston. Okay, Vasa O. Um, Katie G. Who else? Melissa C. Melissa C. Monica T. Monica T. And there was someone else who came in with Monica. Paula D. Paula D. Did I hear one else? Okay, I have Vasa O, Katie G, Melissa C, Monica T, Paula D. Did I miss anyone? Nadia B. Nadia B. Okay, great. Thank you all. Okay, Vasa, it's your turn. Press star one, Vasa. Vasa, I don't hear you. Okay, let's move on. We'll catch Vasa later. Katie G. Kathy, can you hear me? It's Katie. Yes, please go ahead. All right, let me just get my timer. Sorry, Kathy. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. Recovered for today. Compulsive reader, anorexic and bulimic. And um, I love this paragraph. When we became compulsive overeaters, so what does that mean? I became a compulsive overeater, so I've been a compulsive overeater for me my whole life, but um, going through this work um, over and over again, I see, yes, I have an allergy of my body to flour, sugar, quantities, and for me, exercise addiction, and more, Um, you know, and I also have this obsession of the mind, and I became crushed, um, destroyed, and, you know, for me, um, I... I got to a point where all I knew was that what I was doing um, most recently, how I was managing my fears, because that's really the core of my, of what ignites everything, right, is that I'm this fearful, I was this fearful woman, um, having gone through the steps, having um, lived as a recovered woman, fear came up again, life was wonderful, and presenting me with more opportunities. And I got scared. And I, instead of turning to God, I turned to exercise, to um, be my God, to manage things. It was, a, it was an issue of agnosticism. Okay, God, you know, you can do this food stuff, and I'm going to manage this fear. And it got me, it's a, it became a self-imposed crisis because I did it to me. The great KDG did that to me. Like I, on myself, I put that on me and got to a point where all I knew was that what I was doing was not 
working. And the only thing I could grasp onto was there had to be something bigger than me. There had to be. And I couldn't say who God was and I didn't have a huge concept. But all I knew is in the past, this deity, this thing had come into my life and saved me because I'm a low bottom. I've been saved many times and that I had no choice. And I do that every single day. Thank you, God, if I'm willing, you know, when I have fear, when I'm going into the future, when I'm saying, oh, what's going to happen next week, tomorrow, next month, I catch myself today, and that's the difference for me today, is that instead of managing the fear, I say, okay, well, I'm nervous about tomorrow. Well, God is either everything or he is nothing. How about he be everything? And, you know, the line on page 100 that I'm going to misquote is the things that I, we find that the things that came to us when we place ourselves, our lives in God's hands are better than we can imagine. So I'm going to do that with you guys for one more day, place everything in God's hands. And with that, I do pass. What a blessing. Kathy, I'm sorry. Thank you, I got to Sorry, I got disconnected. I had to call back again. Thank you, Kathy, for your service, and good morning, everyone. And I am grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater, calling from uh, Florida. I was a low bottom before coming to the program. I didn't know anything about the disease, the allergy, the mental obsession. After trying to put the food down for years by myself, by my will, it was not working any, any longer. Uh, I couldn't postpone. Uh, I better do something about it because the food was just going to kill me. So I did, did. I did step one, two, and three at the same time. I, I can't. He could, and I will let him. I was so desperate. I needed to make that decision very quickly. Either it's the food or God. I was going. I. I was. And, you know, and I was ready. I was really ready and willing to surrender to God, to the twelve step, to the twelve steps. Um, again, I I just I was powerless over the food, and it was the best thing, the best decision I had ever made in my whole life to surrender. But I, you know, there was I had no choice. You know, either you do or you don't. You're gonna die. So uh, God is, and God either is or God isn't. What was our choice to be? And that my choice was to go with the twelve steps, with the higher power. I remember I just said, I don't want to have to do it by myself. I'll I'll let anybody help me and do it from to me. You know, as long as I didn't have to do it by myself. I was being so sick and tired of doing it by myself. So as I said, it was the best thing I had ever done. I I just never thought I could do what I did. It was just amazing how my life has changed over the years. I mean, it started with the food, and I started surrendering to God gradually with everything, my fears and worries and anxieties as we go through the fourth and the fifth step. So uh, I'm so grateful that I have a... God, I have a higher power, God of my own understanding. I have that connection. It's like electrical. When I surrendered, I felt that the electricity go from my head to my heart. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. 
Thank you, Vasa O. And Melissa C., please go ahead. Hi. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, I just, it's so powerful for me that it starts off, um, you know, with this self-imposed crisis because I have to remember um, that I did this to me, you know, and that, um this was of my own making. And, you know, that idea um, that that this was self-imposed, that this was a, a problem that I created and I could continue to create, I need that drown, you know, driven in again and again. Um, because my knee-jerk reaction is to blame everybody else. You know, every circumstance I'm the victim of. And, um, you know, and then I would point to all my wonderful attributes and, and and hold on to them and think that's going to get me out of this. And um, and yet it's self-imposed. You know, I put myself in a prison of food and fat and fear and grief. And, you know, and I had the key in my hand the whole time, but I had to let go of the key. I had to hand it, you know, through the bars um, so that, what was on the other side could unlock me, and um, and that's God. You know, that's um, that's the power that can open up this prison for me that I created on my own. And so, um, you know, every time I um, someone had said it earlier about that lowest weakness, that's how I always think about it. If if it's not God. You know, if God isn't everything, if that higher power isn't everything, then then the only alternative is that I am everything, and I need to only look at the evidence of what I've done to myself when I am everything. You know, when I'm everything, I operate on jealousy and fear and, um, you know, and all my lowest um, emotions, my lowest feedbacks. And when um, I put you know, God is everything, then I have the ability to kind of use my wonderful qualities, you know, in a more productive way. And, um, you know, and so today I'm I'm free, um, but it's not of my own doing. You know, it's I followed these steps. I was desperate enough. I was, um, it was clear to me that I wasn't going to unlock the door on my own. I needed something greater than me, and I still do. You know, today, a new problem will arise. You know, that's life. It's beautiful and messy, and I can't think my way out of it, but I, I do have a higher power that gives me um, intelligence, and thank you with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And Monica T., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T. I am a recovered compulsive overeater presently in Richmond, Virginia. So here we are in the chapter, We Agnostics, and they've been trying to get us to think about this God idea and different ways to think about it. And, you know, getting across to Monica, you know, your way hasn't worked. Are you willing to think outside the box here a little bit? Now, this paragraph, I have to admit, um, made the little hairs stand up on my neck. We could not postpone or evade. We had to fearlessly face the proposition that either God is everything or else he is nothing. God either is or he isn't. All right? Now, this has been proven 
by the recovered people ahead of me, before me, who have gone through the steps, who have had a spiritual awakening, who are recovered. You know, they've had the same problem I had. I couldn't stop eating and I couldn't control it, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's the, the problem's been solved for them. But here I am, I'm on page 53, and I've just started reading this book. And here it's saying, God is everything or else he is nothing. God either is or he isn't. And I have to admit, when I read this with my sponsor, I wasn't too keen about this. It was like, whoa. And it didn't sound like any fun for Monica. You know, but what was my choice to be? You know, I didn't know what I didn't know, and I couldn't see what I couldn't see. But I did know that I was powerless over food. I did know that my way wasn't working. I did know that no one else could help me. And so I said, okay, I'll give this higher power a chance. I'll give this God idea a chance here. I'm not too sure about it, but I see what you all have. Something has happened to you guys. And so I just wanted to say, if, you know, if this area right here, if this couple of lines are making hairs stand up on your neck, my experience is it's okay. Don't worry about it. Work through the steps because the process of working through the steps is getting a relationship with this higher power. And it'll become clearer and clearer as you get through and you can look back over your shoulder and see, you know what? There has been something working here with me. The fact that I can even be abstinent for a day, there's a power greater than me that's been helping me here. I don't understand it. It's okay. I haven't got it figured out. That's okay. But what was my choice to be? That's what I had to decide right here, right now, at this point in the book. You know, was I willing to develop a relationship with a God or stay in my disease? And I decided that I wanted to continue through the work. I wanted this higher power, this relationship. And today, when I read this, God is everything or else he is nothing. God either is or he isn't. I can say, yes, I 100% agree with this. Yes, this is my experience as a result of going through the work, as a result of continuing 10, 11, and 12. And it just keeps getting better. And I just find that God consciousness growing more and more the more I work it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica T. Paula D., please go ahead. And thank you, Kathy. Uh, can I be heard? Yes, you can. Oh, okay. Uh, thank you again. Uh, nothing like repeating gratitude. And this would be Paula D., currently in Florida, recovered compulsive overeater with and by the grace of God. And, um, you know, as, as we were reading this, and I was hearing the, the beautiful responses, you know, how, how God meets us wherever we are. But this is the second step. And I don't get into the importance. Somebody said, what's the most important step? Listen, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is it making a decision? Is it surrendering? But I'm going to come to where we're talking now. In this part here, we have to fearlessly face the proposition. A proposition is something or a plan and offer that is presented to a person to consider, okay, 
Now, there's where I am. I'm considering that either God is everything or else he is nothing. Well, how about this? Why don't we consider, why don't we go somewhere in between? Well, why don't you give that one a try? Can I tell you I did? And can I tell you that I kept in the, I stayed in the same place that I was? It had to be one or the other. It's a choice. That wasn't part of the choice. doesn't say there. Or somewhere in between. And by the way, this step, like each other, surrender, making a decision, is an everyday step. Every single day. It says God is either everything or else he is nothing. Can I tell you, if I believe that God is a God of love, and that's what I do believe, then I already, always know, uh-oh, there's no love there. Wait, there's no God there. There's nothing but resentment and anger and fear. You know, I think of this as a place. And you know when our friend uh, Bill W., and I'm just going to go there for a moment because it looks like I have another minute here. I hope I use it well on page 16. Most of us feel we need to look no further for utopia. We have it with us right here and now. The part is God is with me right here and now. Utopia here, as it was written, was a place in New York. But this is the place. This is where it is. It's a place. Either God is or he isn't. I am either in love and with God or I am not. What was our choice to be? Can you imagine? You think we would just run into that choice? Oh, no, ego is right there. in the self-imposed crisis. How did I get to the place where I was? Well, there you go. Started with self. And I don't have to no longer be there. I thank God for that. And they're the grace of God. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. And Nadia B., please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. This is Nadia B., grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Connecticut. And uh, I um, saw this question, you know, what was my choice to be? And, um, you know, I look back and I highlighted in my book, logic is a great stuff. We like it. <laughs> and, you know, I do like it. And when I read this paragraph, I think, you know, I'm crushed by self-imposed crisis so um you know logically if if i got myself here um and i've tried to get out of here by myself and it didn't work so what is my next step what is my choice here and you know for me logically i would think um you know that i would need to ask for help right and um well, you know, it wasn't so easy for me um, to do, but as crisis, uh, as my crisis um, got, you know, as I got crushed, <laughs> I, as I got squished and smushed more and more in my disease, you know, I finally had to make that choice. And, um, you know, I do not, um, I was re- uh, reminded by someone today that introduced themselves as recovered and not cured. And, you know, I make that choice every day. I choose to be reminded. Um, And I choose, you know, um, to remember that all my crises are self-imposed, my fears, my resentments, my discomfort. And I I choose to be reminded by you guys, you know, um, that, 
if I choose help, I choose my higher power. If I choose to follow directions, I choose my higher power. Um, you know, God is either is or he isn't. So what is it that I am to choose today? And, you know, thank God that I am recovered, not cured. I choose help. I choose fellowship. I choose directions. And I choose to stay connected. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nadia B. We have time for one more full share, maybe two. Lola S. Lynn S. Okay. NEC. Karen H. Was it Paula S. I heard first? Lynn Laura. Laura S. And if we have. Laura S. from New Jersey. Oh, Devorah S. Sorry, Devorah. Devorah S. And Lynn. Who was that, Lynn? Penny C. And Penny, if we have time, but I don't think we will. Okay, Devorah S., please go ahead. Hi. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, everyone, for being on the line. This is Devorah S. from New Jersey, recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. And what was my choice to be? Well, my choice to be would be, you know, if it was up to me, because it was all about me, um, my choice to be was I was I was I was down the path of 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 dying, you know, a slow on the slow plan. Um, I, you know, I had a lot of different illnesses related to uh, obesity, and I couldn't stop eating. And every, I knew everybody else uh, what their problems was, but I I couldn't solve mine. So I really had no other choice. This coming into OA was the last house on the block. I needed to put my will down and just surrender to this program and to God um, because what I was doing was just not working. And thank God it did start with, you know, putting down the food, recognizing what my substances were that were causing me to crave and uh, uh, knowing why I have this, the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind. And, you know, each day my sponsor would say, you know, ask for an abstinent day, ask for that willingness. And I did that for a while, you know, bringing God into my food each day. Um, but that wasn't enough to keep me. It had to be brought. I had to get through the, these steps. And I had to, every day I need to work these steps in all my affairs. And when I do this, when I trust and rely on God and I just surrender to his will, Miracles happen. Miracles happen. First of all, I have the clarity to see it. It's not just about me and my agenda. Now I'm constantly seeking, what does God want from me today? What is his will? And, you know, it just takes me out of myself. And I I, I need to work on this. It doesn't come easily. But I, I believe that just I starting the day, opening up my eyes each morning and just directing my thoughts and my plans in line with God's is a beginning. Um, and really grateful for the for you guys out there who show me um, and illustrate to me that um, that it works. You know, I can't do this on my own. You know, and that's why I need all of you and and God to pay the way, pave the way for me. Um, and um, really, really grateful. So 
God is everything. And to think that I read these pages for, for a long time, but it's sort of like never made an impression on me. Um, and now when I read these pages, it brings tears to my eyes because, yeah, he, God is everything. And I'm, I'm really nothing. I'm a, I'm a low man down on the totem pole. But, you know, I have a shock today because I am um, seeking God's will and I'm trusting him that you know, his will is the best for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Devorah S. I'm sorry that's all the time we have today. So I hope uh, Penny C. and Lynn, uh, I didn't get your last initial, um, will stay for the second unrecorded meeting and can share there. Um, thank you to everyone who has shared today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And I've asked Sally A. to please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, um, Kathy, and good morning, A Vision for You. It's Sally A. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.